I didn't understand why I felt so strange in my own skin. And with time, I've been learning about myself and now I realize that I am not alone, that there's a lot more people who feel this way. And I want to share their stories and some of my stories about struggling with social anxiety, learning about myself. Welcome to the Introverts Galaxy. I am so excited to have Josh here on the show today. I met Josh recently. I first heard about, uh, about him on an episode in The Flipping Junkie. He was a guest on that show and I related to a lot of the things that he said and I invited him on the show. First, I listened to the show a couple of times and thought about inviting him and I was afraid that he was going to say no. <laughs> so I waited. <laughs> I waited a couple of weeks, but he was really nice. He said yes and I have him here today. Hey, Josh, can you say hello? Hi. <laughs> Thank you, Richard, for having me on. Josh, can you take like one minute and introduce yourself? Just tell people who you are and, and where you are. Yeah, I'm Josh. I'm in Westlake Village, California right now. Um, I invest in flip houses in Adelanto, Victorville, Apple Valley, and Hesperia area. Um, you know, I was very nervous at first when I started out there, but, you know, now I have a business. It's running, and I feel a lot more comfortable. Um, and I'm definitely an introvert, so I think that's what we're going to be talking about a lot today. Yeah, and that's what Josh, when he was on that episode on Flipping Junkie, he said that he was introverted. And right away, whenever someone says something like that, boom, a light pops in my head like, oh, I got to learn more about this. So he talked about it a, a little bit in that show. And I want to go a little deeper into that here on this episode and just get to know a little bit more about what he meant when he said he was introverted. And just talk to us a little bit about that story. And maybe he'll tell us a couple of stories of things that he's, you know, he's experienced in the past. Josh, um, so you're a real estate, he's a real estate investor. Can you tell us what exactly do you do when you say real estate investor? Mm -hmm. So I find houses um, usually run down or they need some updating, um, make an offer, usually get a good price, um, hire out, have to deal with. Um, different contractors and all the problems that come with it. Um, and then when it's done, I sell them and make some profit on it. So that's basically the business model. So you're talking to contractors and homeowners, right? Homeowners, real estate agents, um, you know, plumbers, everything. Hmm. It's, and this is one of the reasons why I was also, I'm, I'm really curious to know how you are doing that because, uh, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of the things that some of us deal with issues we deal with is that we are uncomfortable talking to uh, to people and mm -hmm. dealing with contractors. To me, that's that's not easy. I've been involved in one renovation uh, recently, and yeah, it's a little bit uncomfortable to talk to contractors. It was for me. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not used to that. Did you have anything like that? Was that an issue for you? Well, I you know, since I am introverted, never really wanted to do it. So I would, you know, have a relationship with a property manager, a project manager, and I had them kind of handle all that um, as much as I could because I am kind of uncomfortable with that. Um, but, you know, once you get to know the people um, and they're around your jobs, you kind of develop a little bit more of a friendship with them, treat them well, 
and it's it's not tough talking to them at this point. Um, I actually my project manager just passed away a few weeks ago, so you know it's my first time really dealing with it on my own, and it hasn't been too bad because when you're confident in what you're saying and you kind of know the prices that you're you're expecting you start to kind of get used to it. But yeah, at first it was very difficult to talk to anybody. Mm. I'm sorry to, you know, about your, your, your friend. Mm -hmm. You mentioned him on that episode that you and him had gotten started working together and he was helping you take your business to a different level. Mm -hmm. How, how did you meet him? What, what, how did he, you meet him? Interesting story, actually. Um, he was out in Santa Cruz, California, and I was looking for a tenant. So I made a Craigslist ad in Adelanto, California, on a 700 square foot mobile home where he came from Santa Cruz, which is like, you know, a place that costs a lot of money to live. It's a sought after place, and Adelanto is kind of where you live when you, when you don't have a lot of money and it's your only option. And he he went through all of his savings, and they traveled and had a good time in Mexico. Him and his wife, and you know, he, he came to a point where he's like, I don't have enough money to live out in Santa Cruz. We need to go back out to the desert. And he grew up in Rancho Cucamonga, California, maybe an hour away from Adelanto. So our Craigslist ad for $700 a month or $750. And, you know, he drove all the way out there with his um, everything packed in his car. Um, kind of already knew he wanted to live there from the pictures. And he got there, had some problems with the house, started managing it, uh, ended up seeing what I was doing and what my partner Jonathan was doing at the time. Um, and, you know, he's like, you know, I think you should start flipping houses. And that's how I got started in flipping houses rather than just buying and leasing is basically because of him pushing me. Um, right away, I had a deal that I knew I, I can do and I gave him the chance. Um, he only wanted $500 to prove himself for the first one and he did it and I made money and you know, we started, he did another one for 500 and then he, he wanted to make it like a legit business and started paying him 15% of profits. And that's how, how we got started. And I've done probably 25 to 30 flips now. Wow. With, with him, with him, um, right before he passed, I started to, um, do a few without him. I was just starting to buy. I haven't actually done one without him yet. Um, so yeah, this is my first time really doing it on my own, but I have the same contractors that he put in place. Um, mm -hmm. but now I'm doing so many projects. I need more contractors. So I've started to meet with some new ones. And you were, you developed the relationship with him. You two were able to work on these projects together. So that, I mean, that's a good thing. That's, uh, because something that I, I meet a lot of contractors and, and there's so many people that you end up meeting and you're not sure who you can work with, but eventually you do find someone that you, you get along, you're able to, um, you're able to do work, mm -hmm. work together. Exactly. And, and you developed a, a relationship with him. You said that you paid him 500 bucks on the first deal. You mean for the work that he did on it or what was he working? Yeah, he managed the whole project. So actually the, I bought it with the material in the house. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Um, and all he had to do was really hire a contractor to fix it um, and give him a price and everything. And, you know, 
he did a good job. He didn't spend that much money on the first one. He found a good contractor and he proved himself. And, you know, he, he got me to want to hire him as a, I, I didn't call him an employee ever. It was a project manager, um, independent contractor, but I hired him on everything and we had loyalty together. If he found something, he brought it to me. If I found something, I hired him on. So he actually found a few properties for me, which brought a lot of value to what he was doing. Mm, that's really good. Wow. And you were able to uh, find someone like that and only had to pay 500 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sorry, you know, that he, uh, what happened to him is, and it's been very recent. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a, a difficult transition. And, you know, it was sad. A few of my contractors saw him in the house um, after he passed and found him there. So, you know, I'm dealing with, with that as well, with my contractors having a hard time. Wow. Yeah. But this all comes with the territory of flipping houses and having a business. You got to be the leader in those. And actually, I did something very out of my comfort zone. Uh, we, I, had, I made like a meeting, like a little memorial thing with all the guys. And we all talked about our favorite memories of him and what we liked about him and how good of a guy he was mm. in the house. And definitely I've never done that before. And it was really nice. And I was definitely, you know, uncomfortable, but it was great. I had pizza in the house for everybody and, you know, everyone bonded a little bit more, a lot of our mm. team. Oh, okay. And you spoke, you spoke about. Yeah. You know, okay. actually my, um, my, my friend slash partner who's starting to do some deals with me, Jonathan, he actually said the first words, like, this was my memory. Does anybody have anything to say? And then we started, you know, um, talking about that. Did you plan that you were going to speak or it was just uh, um, on the moment? I, I didn't know if I was going to speak because, you know, I was nervous. I just kind of make it natural. And it ended up being that I said something as well. And we all kind of spoke and it was cool. Because, like, I think most of us are introverts, especially contract. a lot of contractors. They're not used to, like, talking. They just work, work, work. They don't, you know, talk about their feelings as much and, you know, it was really good for them. Some of them like couldn't really talk and had to like, they were choking up and had to leave the room. So mm. I think it was a good experience for everyone. So that's, that's interesting that you say that it's some of the contractors are also not into talking a lot. Yeah. Funny. You know, they, never, they don't really hire people. They're kind of just the people that you hire and, they're they're just working for pay and they don't they don't do anything else but work they're not businessmen so and that's one of the hardest things to do find good contractors and yeah. talking to contractors and getting to know them that's the project that i was involved in there was someone um that was handling managing the project so i didn't have to actually we agreed that she was going to handle all the dealing with the contractors mm -hmm. but i was you know, I used to go to the site and, and visit and and I can see that as you get to know them and the workers that it gets a, a little bit easier, but sometimes you just run into stuff. Yeah. I ran into a, a thing with one uh, of the people working on the project that I stood behind them. I wanted to see what he was doing just to see if I could learn something. And he didn't turn around. He just said, don't stand behind me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was already you, know, you had a lot of different personalities you got to deal with. I was already uncomfortable, you know, because 
I didn't know. It was, it was a little weird because people normally you enter a room and they talk. They say something, but he didn't say anything. So he didn't even say hi. No, no. I just stood there. And may, maybe it was me. I didn't approach it the right way, but I just stood there and looked. And he said, don't stand behind me. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. And I said, oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> I don't like told you how he feels. Yeah, so you he don't told I'm glad. I'm glad because he could have. Yeah. What if he nailed his finger because he won't say he's uncomfortable maybe. Back yeah. Then. But you know what? When my boss used to stand behind me when I was working as a computer programmer, I wanted to turn around and slap him. <laughs> Stop <laughs> micromanaging. Yeah, I mean, nobody likes to be micromanaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe that was my fault. Yeah, I like to let my contractors have a lot of freedom, just check up on them um, like every week, see what they're doing. Because I know after using them for a while that they're going to do a good job. And you can kind of tell when you hire somebody if they're legit or not, um, if they have pictures they can send you, if they have a cell phone they use that is a legit cell phone. Because that's a problem when you can't even get a hold of some of these people. I was actually um, calling this contractor, showed it to him, and he, he told me it's going to be like about twenty to 25000 to fix up. Um, kept in contact. Have been asking for this quote for like two, three weeks now. He still hasn't gotten it. Even a couple of days ago, he's like, I'll get it to you today. I promise. I've been very busy. Still hasn't gotten it, dragging me along. And I'm like, I don't think I can trust this guy anymore. If he can't even get me a bid, how do I know he's going to be on the job at all times and actually getting this done and doing everything he says he's going to do? Mm. So he lost the job to me. Some some of that stuff, you know, I used to that used to stress me out. And I'm not saying it doesn't stress me out. I'm not working on any project right now. But the thing is that the way I look at it now, and I'm borrowing this from somebody else, is that my friend Jeff said something genius the other day. He said, Look, people letting me know right away, I don't want to do business with you because of the way you, you know, they they acting and behaving at the beginning is saving me a lot of trouble for later. Exactly. So they doing all this stuff, showing you at the beginning is better than they show you halfway into a project that, you know what, this little thing, I can't deal with this, or you're already halfway into the project. It's easier to show it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now, in the Flipping Junkie, you mentioned that you, so one of the things that you do, you talk to a lot of homeowners. You say you do door knocking. Uh huh. Can you talk to us a little bit about that what exactly door knocking is many people listening to this podcast but i don't know what it is that you you mean mm -hmm. well i don't per se door knock but um when i got started uh, my mentor my friend slash partner jonathan and i would go out to the high desert wake up about 4 a.m um, to maximize the day um, we would just kind of see somebody outside and talk to them and say hey, do you own your house or do you rent um, do you have any interest in selling do you know anybody who's going to sell if they're renters, you know, give them our card, say if you, or ask for their information because then we have a database of renters that when we're ready to rent our house, we have somebody that's ready to go. Mm. Um, and if they were wanting to sell, you know, we have a lead now. Um, we can buy the house or, you know, we can, we can keep their number and call and, you know, every few months ask them if they know anybody and you get better deals if it's off the market because there's no real estate agents involved. With commission and everything um, okay. so we would, we would mostly just talk to random people in the grocery stores and the houses and you know ask questions about the town because you know it's a new town we didn't know it too well which restaurants are good which this and that um, 
and we would learn a lot just by asking them questions. And, you know, when you know more people in the area, there's a better chance somebody will find a deal for you. And you, you know, he was able to, yeah, go ahead. I, I was very shy back then, still, still am shy, but, um, back then there was no way I was going to actually be the one to go up to somebody. My friend Jonathan has no problem with that. So, mm -hmm. um, my mentor Jed would go up to people and do that. And I would, I would just listen. I would never be the one to actually do that at the beginning. And even now when I'm with Jonathan, he, he's the one who does it. I'm a little uncomfortable with it, but once in a while I'll do it. Mm -hmm. So you, once in a while you do it, you go on your own or you're with Jonathan and you talk to when I'm with Jonathan, if I'm on my own, I, I don't really do it unless I already have a lead. And I know that if I'm asking the question, it's going to lead to something. I don't like to waste people's time unless I know it's actually going to get me somewhere. I'm very curious about people who people like you, Mm -hmm. You are a successful real estate investor and there's many of us that want to get into some type of business and we <laughs> we're wondering because it's very rare that we get a chance to meet someone like you and get in their heads and find out what the story is, how they got where they are. And you say you're you're introverted, you're introverted, you're shy. And what mm -hmm. I'm seeing is, you know, as, as I get to know you better, you've made relationships with people who are able to handle some of the things that you don't want to or you're not comfortable handling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really cool. That's mainly the reason that I've been able to get out of being as introverted as being around people who aren't seeing what they do and kind of copying it and adding a little twist of my own to it. So I'm not, you know, um, there's so many ways to go about dealing with things and some of us are uh, growing and working to become more comfortable in things that are where we are not very comfortable doing, like going to events, talking to strangers, mm -hmm. doing all this sort of, sort of stuff. There's also other ways where you can, uh, you don't have to be the best at every single thing. You can also um, delegate some of this stuff. Exactly. There's people who enjoy it very much. Some of the stuff that you're uncomfortable with, some people enjoy it very much is what gives mm -hmm. <laughs> energize them up. Yeah, you got to know your strengths and go towards those. And I know my strength is finding good properties, negotiating deals. Um, my strength's not going up to random people and um, talking to people that way. I like to build relationships first and feel more comfortable before I can get into those kind of conversations. And I'm not saying that, you know, we need to be hermits because... I mean, you, you are developing yeah. relationships and you it's good to to uh, work on becoming more comfortable at doing some of these things. This but at your own pace. Don't put yourself in such an uncomfortable situation where you're traumatized by the situation that you were just in. Work yourself in slowly, um, and then eventually you'll get it comfortable enough where you can work with more high-profile people. Um, it, it, just build your confidence, I would say. Once you're confident enough, um, you can talk to anybody because you know what you're saying is, is legit. And if you're not confident you're going to start blabbing and not really saying the right things so whenever i hear people that say something like that oh be more confident i wonder okay so how did you become more comfortable what exactly does that mean do you have any stories or anything that that you've done that gave you more confidence 
Yeah. I mean, I've become more confident through failure, through doing it. Um, I mean, when I got started in the high desert, I had a lot of issues. I mean, five evictions, my first five tenants, because I was, I was a shy young, I think it was 1920 when I started and they didn't take me seriously and they didn't think they needed to pay me rent. And, you know, I, that's when I actually hired my first property manager because they're a little more intimidating. People aren't going to mess around with, with those kind of people. But as I've aged and done it myself and watched the better way to do it, you know, you start to do it. You start to be more confident when you actually know the right way to do it. Like you got to check people's credit. You need to be more firm. You can't give people time. You got to right away, like say, okay, if you don't pay, you send that three day notice. You don't listen to them and try and be a nice person. Cause it's not going to really get you anywhere with tenants that are trying to take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. I, I, experience is what gets you confident. I really admire what you have done so far. I appreciate I that. It's very impressive. You're uh, under 30. You're like 26. 26. Wow. I can't believe it. I just calculated that on the fly. When you start early, I mean, it's, seven years of experience it's like if someone started at 25 and had seven years of their 32 it's like it's the same thing i don't think age matters it's experience that matters so seven years you started at 19 um that's when i bought my first property i started like learning maybe a little earlier than that like 17. So how did you get into uh, this business real estate um i got into it my dad had a friend who his son was going to this mentor and kind of told me about it and started going we were playing a board game every Tuesday at Red Robin then it ended up being at IHOP and um, it was amazing for me I never really realized balance sheets assets and liabilities income and expenses and all of that and you know this game taught you um, rent and expenses and how much money you're making on these properties and I really never even knew you can buy a property, get rent, and make money. It started teaching me mailbox money, where the money's just coming in when you're not working, and it opened my eyes. Before that, I was working at a little deli, didn't really know what I was going to do, kind of thought I would maybe be a waiter or something for the rest of my life, and then mm. started or working for my dad. And it really opened my eyes to another thing, and you know, eventually it was like, I want to do this in real life, not just in this game. And my mentor took me out to this, this area called the high desert in California. And I haven't looked back since. Wow. I'm going to put that game in the show notes. So if people are interested in checking it out, mm-hmm. they can. And it's called millionaire maker by Laurel Langmeyer, I believe. Millionaire. I'll put that in the show notes, a link. And you, so you started at 19 and now you're 26, so seven years doing this. And so the people listening to you, I mean, you're looking at Josh seven years later. Some people, you know, we, we, we wonder, okay, so how come I'm still struggling? Well, yeah, don't, don't look at it like that because, you know, where you are, it's yeah, your, I was your there. path. Josh was there seven years earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my friend Jonathan, he's been struggling for years. He started at the same time as me but he kind of went down a different path. He started working for commercial real estate firms and all that. He just started with me um, a month ago. We bought five properties in the last month. He's going to freaking have so much savings, probably make a hundred to 150,000 his 
first year and really flipping houses. Really, he's only bought one rental with me and we made some money on that. Just the market went up, but you know, he, he decided to quit his commercial real estate job. You don't have as much control. You're, you're relying on different owners deciding to give you a listing or deciding to buy that property. And with what I'm doing, you have all the control in the world to buy these properties. And, you know, he doesn't have a lot of money, but we're getting private loans. And a lot of people say, oh, I can't do it. I don't have money. Well, my friend Jonathan doesn't have money and he's doing it. So just to, uh, so $150,000 profit, that's a lot of money. Some people will look at that and think, oh my God, what kind of deal is that? But hold on a second. Jonathan is partnering up with Josh. He's got a, already you know, seven years of experience. And right. Jonathan's been in the business for many years. It just it didn't just happen on his first deal. Jonathan, you just said was struggling with some stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, he was cold calling for a year at a company and didn't get a deal. And you know, he worked his ass off. And sometimes working hard isn't what makes you money. It's working smart. Hmm. There you go. So that's a, that's very important. And somebody said uh, to me. His name is Trevor, um, and I recorded an episode with him, and he said who you should be comparing yourself to is who you were yesterday, not who you're looking at on social media or this friend or that person you just met, no, but who you were yesterday. Become better than you yesterday. That's what should be your competition. So I really like that. So it would yeah. be nice to say here. Oh, it's got to be growing. So the place where you are investing is, uh, I remember you said two hours from where you live? Yeah, it's about two hours. And that's where you do all of your investing right now? Mm-hmm. How often do you go out there? Um, once to twice a week right now. Um, when my project manager was um, still alive, like once every two weeks-ish. Because you know, I had somebody out there, but now... I got to make sure everything's okay out there. That's pretty far. Two hour drive and then four hour round trip, right? Yeah, but I enjoy it. I mean, I'm used to the drive now. It's not a big deal. And I'm doing something I love to do. So I really don't mind the drive. That's really cool. So if you're okay with the drive and, you know, you're able to do that. And if you have to go two hours, maybe that's what you got to do. You've made it work and you're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, driving, I used to not like driving, but now it lets me, allows me to listen to podcasts and audiobooks that I can't listen yeah, to on a 10 minute drive. So that's cool. Yeah, as long as you got something you're doing while you're in the car, it'll distract you and it's easy. Josh, let's go back a little bit. Uh, tell me about growing up. When did you first think, oh, I'm introverted? When did that come up? It it wasn't like I have always known I'm shy. I never wanted to like say hi to people. Always like kind of hid behind my parents. Um, My parents would order for me uh, when we were at the dinner table. Um, When I was younger, I didn't. I was I was actually the only kid who didn't want to sing during the plays. I would just stand there. Um, Social anxiety around people. My whole life. That's uh, that's something that a lot of people can relate with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's really good to hear somebody's story who who's dealt with this, and so many 
of us think that we are not going to be able to accomplish some things because we think this anxiety or this way or the way we are is going to prevent us but that's not it's not true and that's that's what i like hearing yeah i'm starting to notice i'm growing out of it and i mean i think if i can anybody can it just takes confidence and doing some things you're proud of and then you can have a conversation and feel feel good about what you're saying if you're doing things like selling drugs you're not gonna you're not gonna feel good talking to people and that's something that uh, i used to worry oh but what if they don't like me well not everybody has to like you yeah it's not gonna work like that some people mm-hmm. are not gonna like you no matter what but you're gonna uh, we're gonna end up meeting some people that we have a good connection with and mm-hmm. that's the people that you you want yeah. to build that relationship yeah, everybody's different and you you gel with some people and you don't with others so you're right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay um talk to high school I, I was always too shy to go up to a girl but like it naturally happened in high school we were in a class together and um i was actually too shy to even ask her for her number or my she said her number out loud and my friend memorized the number and then i i think i had my friend text her because i was even too nervous to text her wow that's incredible. yeah so your yeah. friend texted her from your phone from my phone and then we had our first date and there was four friends with us and one of my friends had to text me to put my arm around her in the movie because I was too nervous. <laughs> like, Dude, put your arm around her because his girlfriend was there and kind of told him and I put my arm around her and she was leaning on me and, you know, I was in my head thinking maybe she doesn't like me and this is just a friendship thing, but no, she liked me. Huh. So before you put your arm around her, you were thinking maybe she doesn't like me. Yeah, and my friend had to text me to give me confirmation to put my arm around her. Wow. And, you know, we both hadn't kissed somebody before, um, hadn't done anything with anybody. So it was like, until you've done it, you're nervous. How old were you when you started dating? I was 17 on that date. And she was 15. Did you know her for, for years before you started dating? No, we just had that first class together. So it was maybe midway through the year. And you spend a lot of time thinking, how am I going to talk to this girl? Yeah. And you used to plan it out in your head how it was going to go? Uh-huh. Did you? I would text my friends, what do I say now? And, you know, until you've really seen something that works, you're nervous. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Did she you tell know, you? Put like two, if she didn't, like, put two U's on, like, Good or like on good night, um, she didn't put a smiley face. You start thinking about it. Um, all those little things in high school that people used to do. And a lot of people relate with this because this is this is very relatable to to some to so many of us. Did you did she ever tell you, hey Josh, I I gave you so many signs. Did she ever say anything like that? No, because she's she was all shy too. Wow. Okay. And she hadn't experienced a, a guy before so i don't even think she knew how to give signs at that point uh okay mm-hmm. yeah my wife tells me that i she gave me signs and i never <laughs> saw the signs i thought i never see the sign no, yeah so any signs my brother says stuff like that oh yeah you get signs and i i no you got to be direct with me or otherwise just 
well, back then, especially uh, talking to girls. That was something I was not very good at. Yeah. I don't know if I'm good at it now. I mean, I've been married for 13 years. Yeah, I think it's something that comes natural for some people and then something you got to work on. I've been together with my wife. Figure out what girls like and you don't really know that unless you're surrounded by somebody who's good with girls and you see what they do. I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna give any dating advice. That is not my area (laughs) of expertise. But thank God we have Josh here, because he's got a fiance. You're married with kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was gonna say those were accidents. (laughs) (laughs) It's so mean. No, if my kids are hearing this, you're not an accident. No, but my wife, you know, actually my wife uh, tells me that the thing that really she really liked about me is that I was so hard to get with. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I was just so... Uh, I can tell you girls don't like something easy. <laughs> she, yeah, she doesn't like things easy. And I say, yeah, yeah, that was all planned. <laughs> actually, I was just embarrassed. I didn't know how to do the, the you know the dating stuff and I was just too slow about it. Mm. Yeah, too self-conscious and afraid to get into a relationship. But um, do you have any any other stories that you think you want to share about some of the stuff that you may have struggled with and or something that you've overcome? Uh, I mean, I've had anxiety like most people have. What do you mean? Can you elaborate? just kind of anxiety on if you're not in a place where you feel safe and secure in your life. I I personally get anxiety until I feel like I I don't like unknowns. Meaning like, like what do you mean? Like you don't know where you're going to live. You don't know what's going to happen with this property, but you know, you work on yourself and you're able to overcome that. Hmm. Going into events where there's people I don't know oh, makes me anxious. Absolutely. Same thing. I like meeting people. I'm not saying that I don't like people. I like people. But walking through those doors before I do that, at the beginning, before I enter the doors, I'm nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. If I, am I going to meet people? I'm gonna stay, am I going to stand alone? Once I won't enter those doors, sometimes I'm able to make a connection. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes me long and yeah. comfortable before I find somebody to talk to. So all that to me is just stressful. So mm-hmm. absolutely, and I I can't stand small talk. If you're just talking to talk and not actually get somewhere, so uh, that's definitely not my environment. When I walk in, I'm definitely very anxious. Uh, when I took my real estate license test, actually, um, I didn't pass by one question the first time, and the second time. Mm-hmm the entire floor felt like it was shaking. I had my first panic attack. Hmm. And then luckily I still ended up passing the test the second time, but I had never really experienced a panic attack before. And I didn't even know what was going on. It was really weird. I don't know. I've heard panic attacks. I don't know what that is. I've heard other people say they've had it. What exactly is a panic attack? Um, like what were, what were were you what did you go through? What the I felt like the floor was shaking, even though it wasn't. It's it's all a mental thing. Hmm. 
And then I would walk through and you're like, you start to feel like these weird feelings in your chest. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have control of your body kind of thing. Did you, what, did you have that when you were going to enter the exam area? Or when I had it there? when I was entering, yeah. And then I had to oh. take the test after. Oh, okay. Yeah. I needed water like immediately. How long did that last? Um, the actual panic attack lasted. It was the first time it happened, maybe 10 minutes. And then it would continue to happen until I learned how to deal with it for like a few days. Hmm. So after that first time videos and you just got to like let the feeling that's happening, you can't fight the feeling is what I, I figured out. It's just like, let that feeling be in you. So after that first one, when you start to have the panic attack and you had it and then it started happening for a couple of days after that. Cause I didn't know what to deal with it. Hmm. When was the last time you had one? That time. That was a la- months, years ago? Two to three years ago. Hmm. So after that, during the test, where, where did it happen next? Um, just in my house, like I couldn't sleep. It felt like kind of dizzy. Hmm. Spinning. Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. I don't know what that's like, but it sounds, yeah, it doesn't sound. No, it's really bad. Wow. Okay. When I want to make sure that I I point out when I go to events, I'm uncomfortable. I said that and I like going to events. I want to do them. I just know that at the beginning it may happen and I've done it enough that I know now that eventually I get comfortable at it and I find people to talk to, especially now that I'm being more myself, the more myself I am able to be, the more, the faster I end up meeting people that I can talk to. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not myself, if I'm just there like a robot hiding my personality and I'm not able to make connections because people right. really know who, what I'm about. So I just now I work on being just, just being myself and then, you see me at an event after I'm comfortable, you won't even imagine that I am introverted or I have these type of anxieties because I'm just so comfortable at that moment that I'm just having fun. I'm just having a blast. Yeah, and it comes and goes. It just, it just comes and goes. Look, um, I think that was, uh, I, I, I appreciate you, you talking about this because it's very relatable. So many people will relate to this. And it's, I think it's so cool that I, to talk to someone who do, who's doing everything you're doing, you're, so, you're successful investing in real estate. And people can see that you have struggled with this stuff that mm-hmm. so many of us struggle with and you are succeeding. This, is, this stuff is not what's going to stop us. You know, we can, yeah, it can stop us for a while and we are able to, to overcome this stuff. We're able to, mm-hmm. even if we're struggling with it, we can get past it, we can grow, and maybe you can develop relationships with people who can do some stuff that you are not comfortable with doing. So this was really good. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Do you have a, anything else that you would like to share or any questions uh, that you have for me? Uh, no, I think that's that's it. I hope this helps a lot of people. 
where can people, what's the best way to reach you if they want to get in t- contact with you? Um, probably DM me on my Instagram at flipping guru. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. I'll put the, your Instagram account on the show notes. Okay. Josh, thank you so much, man, for being here. So grateful. And I, 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 I got a moment of, sometimes I freeze like that. Hey man, this was really good. Thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it as well. Hey Josh. So we went on for a little over almost an hour. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Two introverted people talking for an hour. Wow. <laughs> Look what happens, man, when we get together. Yeah. So I'll do some editing. Your hair looks better than mine. I'm I'm going to do something because that way if my wife ever looks at this episode, she's, she'll say, you know, uh, at least he's combing his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't shave. My wife doesn't listen to my episodes. My anyway. Podcast. Nope. She says, well, when you get big, she's, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that. She says, I'm not going to listen to that because I may hear something weird that you say in there. I don't want to, I'm afraid of hearing something strange. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're enjoying my podcast, then please share it with your friends. And if you think it'll help someone share it with them, The best way to help me in my podcast is by leaving me a rating and review. If you've done that already, I thank you so much. The more ratings, the easier it is for my podcast to be found by other listeners. Again, thank you so much. And oh, leave your Twitter or Instagram handle in your review and I will send you a message.